0: This is the eighty-first episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Berhans With me, as always, are my dear co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you,
1: dear listener. Greetings, legacy people.
2: Greetings from the middle of a snowstorm. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we released on the Topdecked app.
0: In this episode, we will talk about some really sweet paper play from the past two weeks as we've been offline longer than usual due to illnesses, general life happening and so on. We will also talk a bit about the impact on our decks of choice from the recent bans. First though, card slinging. Robin, you have had some success, I understand.
1: Yes, so since last time we recorded, there's a new season going on in the league. I started out really good. I've been playing Nyadepts, despite its weak matchup against Initiative. I've made some configurations that I thought might make it a little bit stronger. So I served out the Sylvan Libraries, which is pretty bad against both Initiative and Delver. For Mother of Runes, to have a more, like good, strong, relevant turn one play. And I also run triple Hushbringers in the sideboard to really shut down the come-into-play effects, which is also good against the Tassus Oracle decks, of course. On the first League event, I faced off against Delver and managed to win 2-1. In game one, I merit him. In game two, he drew quadruple wasteland and just wasted all my lands uh, while beating me down. And in game three, I grinded out with endurances and uh, blasts.
2: The quad wastelands, man, I just need to... I mean, that's, that's yeah. brutal, but it's also, you know, when it happens, you're just happy for the opponent sometimes. Like, yeah, you got to live your best life.
1: Yeah, and it's so funny that, like, if you have one wasteland, you probably need to keep it for... Th- ...for just preventing the merit Age from happening. But if you have, like, all the four of them coming up... ...you just waste anything that is wasteable. That's what he did, and it worked very well. And then I was up against Grixis. And in game one, I had a double Minskin Boo. The first one get forced to wield, but the second one sticked... ...and just rode it to victory. And then in game two, it was a really intense match... ...because he used the new Addict, Shieldred's Addict... ...to kill my merit Age... And I had, like, Reclaimer to protect it, but nothing I could do against Children's Addict. And then he follows that up with a Ruination, which is basically lights out. I mean, I had my two basics in play, luckily, because I was a little bit afraid of Blood Moon and that kind of stuff. But I managed to sneak in an Endurance, and uh, my Reclaimer and Endurance managed to go all the way with a 3-4 beatdown Classic Naya Adept style.
2: (laughs) Unboltable and just very fast clock. Yeah. That's super cool. It's a control player's nightmare if you don't have swords.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then I was up against Monred Painter. It was a super intense games. So in game one, he starts off with Tomb, play a painter, play a petal and pass. And I play a Mox, pitch a land and plow his painter. So he sacks his petal for red and responds with a blast on my mox. So he could have blasted the plow but I guess he wanted to buy time instead so he blasted the mox. But I had still a land drop so I played a wasteland wasted his ancient tomb and from there on I could take the lead so to say. And in game 2 I had a reclaimer and he pitch cast the fury. And I had a corporation, so I could get a step to protect it from red. And that reclaimer eventually won me that game as well. And then in the final game, I was up against Lance. And in game one, we have this fight over Merit Leech where we like kill each other's caracas and all of that thing. But I managed to win that one. And in the second game, I play uh, quite a greedy means and and tapping out and he has a crop rotation that i should have sort of suspected and he makes marriage and kills me then in game two i have a a very fast i think it's turn one or turn two liberator which can kill all his explorations and i also managed to get an excavator online so uh, winning against lance felt, felt very good i've been not as successful as against Lance as I'm supposed to be with this deck. It's it's said to be very strong, but I've had some uphill battles there as well.
2: Yeah, like intuitively, it doesn't feel like a great matchup. I don't have any reps from either side. Like, uh, I've played Lance back in the day, but back in the day, I, I think it was a really hard matchup. Yeah. The slower depths versions usually played the ley line from the side, and you were really graveyard dependent with the loam and gambles. But... Uh, that both decks have changed so much like naya depths is a completely different beast and lands is just a completely quote-unquote completely new deck so that's a really nice win
1: yeah i mean the scary thing is if they have exploration and loam because they just overwhelm you with wastelands and uh, and constructs and whatnot but of course if you manage to stick a knight that is really strong and also reclaimer can go a long way too if they can't kill it while it's a, a baby one two so on the on the next thursday i played the same deck no changes and i managed to go 3 and 1 For first match was against blue and black reanimator of course powered out by the new atraxa and this deck is one turn slower than black and red <laughs> old-school reanimator and that makes it a much better matchup for uh, Nia depts. so like in game one if you manage to stick a reclaimer you have basically won because you can buy time with the bog activation and then you just make Merit Lich for the win then I was up against Delver which was another 2-0 I don't really remember what happened there, but I remember a mother of runes on turn one eating a force of will, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. And then, interestingly, I was up against Merfolk. In game one, he beats me down with the lords and, like, Merfolk soldiers, and I all merely survive his onslaught when I get to make the Merit Leech and swing for little. And then in game two, I boarded in Blast, of course, so I have plenty of removal, and I managed to beat him down with trademark three, four... Reclaimer and Endurance tag team again. 3-4
0: has got to be so strong against Murfolk.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. If you can keep them off a few of the lords then like the other Murfolks are just so small and uh, no islands to be seen so they're quite blockable as well. I think that matchup is decent but not the easiest matchup in match number 4 because that was against Alluran. I mean, I play a little bit greedy and tapping out for Minsk and Boo uh, when I should probably hold up mana but I feel like I need to get I need to get beat down <laughs> very fast because it's so hard to beat an Aluran. I don't have any counter magic to to hit it on the stack. The only counter magic I run is the blasts, which of course can target the harpy, which is probably the best target. But both enchantment removal and creature removal, they can play around. So as soon as they resolve Aluran, it's super dangerous. I think maybe you and me. Chris need to play this uh, matchup a little bit more. I need, need to test some different strategies and different sideboard configurations because I think there must be a strategy that is better than the current one that I'm running.
2: Yeah we could also we could we could hit the lab and uh, there's yeah. against the learn for a, from a deck like uh, Depths, uh, I can tell you what I'm afraid of and when during the games so you know like how you would like to sculpt your hands. In the or middle game. Right. So yeah, we could definitely look into that. Yeah, that sounds cool.
1: But I lost that, so losing in the final round made it a 3-1. So pretty good showings for Naya Depths, 7-1 over two weeks. And now that, you know, White Plume Adventure is gone, I think that Naya Depths will be even in a better position. As long as the local game store is not completely overwhelmed by storm pilots. Because that will be difficult.
0: Well amazing to do seven one over two in weeks like that so christopher you have been up to some even i would dare say more amazing things going on a wintry magic trip tell us all about this glory we're
2: a small group that had this weekend trip plan for a while now and you know this plan was pretty simple drive for two hours to a cabin bring a lot of legacy decks, bring a, you know, a lot of things to cook. Uh, We're two foodies in the group, so we were really nerding it out when we were cooking. We brought a whole Modern Masters 15 box to draft. It was just a super fun experience, like three out of the four that went this weekend actually went to Bologna together. We played A lot of magic and got super tight during this Bologna trip. So we just, uh, you know, directly after Bologna, the, the world might have noticed, you know, COVID hit. So a lot of these trips have not really been possible. And in our case as well, like one person is a parent, I'm doing university studies. So like logistically, it's just a nightmare. But we found this weekend and we're just like, It's time to commit, it's time to do this. So yeah, that was really funny. We started, you know, just jamming different decks together and it consisted of everything between, you know, Cascade Rhinos, No Show Atraxa, Riddlesmith Combo, Painter, Cradle Control, paradigm shift we had merfolk you name it like our collective pool was just so massive so we could pretty much play anything it was super funny because all of us have very different preferences when it comes to decks so our gauntlet of pre-prepared decks was just crazy i think mm-hmm. i brought like painter doomsday esper kitten i built the marcus Ewald special i saw him made a made a So I built this uh, one of his Esper kitten decks. Of course, Aluren Doomsday. You know, it was just such a fun fun time and after we've had like a small gauntlet you know everyone just rotating playing we got around to the modern masters 15 draft which was a lot of fun and our resident control player who's currently in legacy playing 4 color control yeah drafted 4 color control and won <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, was just, that was so funny like <laughs> just sitting there shaking my head like I can't believe this is happening but of course it did anyway you, know, <laughs> you know it's just so fun like he had Mystic Snake and you know say no more. Oh my god. Mystic Snake, Palaka Worm, a (laughs) lot of bangers. Awesome. That was really fun. After the draft this was around you know 1.30am me and the control player we had been joking around all day you know in the car getting there during lunch, during the draft. We've been joking all day about playing the like Yorian Mirror at 2am. So after the draft I was like I'm going to put the Orion deck together. And this is like four or five beers in, two glasses of wine, you know, just having a good time. So we put the decks together and we just start out these craziest, grindiest games. (laughs) And the funny thing is, we're both so used to playing this style of magic. So although we both were kind of, you know, tipsy like it was super smooth fast play and like very effective it was just so fun so yeah i got into better around uh, i think half past half past 3
1: no 40 minutes rounds there
2: no 40 minutes rounds <laughs> i'm glad to announce that the yurian allure beat Yorian four color <laughs> it's a really tricky matchup for them mm. especially in these grindfests like 60 card version uh, 60 card alert might be worse off but now i can just be on parity. like I, c- I can do the same card advantage things but then i have and a uh, four mana you win the game cards, so okay. that's pretty nice so yeah after three and a half hours of sleep <laughs> i woke up and we played uh played some more <laughs> legacy eight breakfast lunch and then We noticed that the snowstorm had come to uh, Skärplinge, which this place was in. So uh, it was a a two-hour drive home where the first 30 minutes was was in the thickest snow I've seen in such a long time. Yeah, it was just absolutely insane. Like, uh, you could see maybe 20 meters in front of the car. So after... Sleeping three and a half oh, hours—that was that was an experience—and I was the driver, of course. But oh, as you that's can hear, scary. yeah, as I I drove super slow. But as you can hear, I'm here. Everything's <laughs> worked out, and we just had like a crazy weekend. It was so much fun. So uh, definitely looking forward to doing more of these things and maybe going to Victor's cabin.
0: Oh yeah, we really must do that. I just love it though how the idea of like or the epitome of a a magic player is like yeah we're gonna sort of you know walk around each other in this circle of pit (laughs) fight flex our muscles all day and the flexing is about i'm gonna play your unit at 2 (laughs) a.m i dare you and it's like yep sup nerds like
2: it's it's more like the opposite because the other two players they they are not control players like I would rate both me and the other player as control players if I had to rate like put us into any category so for us playing a Yorian mirror it's pretty much like playing anything it's it, it's not more mentally taxing than anything for us but for the other two people who are not control players we just wanted them to you know dread and feel bad <laughs> about this impending doom that was coming up at 2am but one of the pre- one of the people went to bed directly and the other I one I was
0: just- going to say I would also be like you do that. I'm going to sleep this off. Yeah. And
2: the other one was just too morbidly fascinated, like had to watch. <laughs> it's not every day, like especially in this economy. We talked about it in the previous episode, where it's your young on. And here it's 2023 and we have a mirror at 2 a.m. So yeah, grab a cold drink, lean back and just watch some abundant growths gets cast.
0: then, expressive iteration and white-blue adventures are banned in Legacy. Finally, I guess, what will the impact be on the decks that we play? And what will the impact be on the local Legacy here in Stockholm? Robin, take it away.
1: Well, what I think is that, of course, during the, you know, first few weeks when there's a lot of confusion and the meta is trying to settle I think combo will dominate it usually does just after the ban but then I expect Delver to again rise to the top and possibly control decks to come back I think they were held back a lot of by the white initiative decks and I think that now there's a time for them to come back And that's the kind of meta I'm building for, a little bit more something like the sort of meta that existed before White Plume Adventure was discovered, I should say, (laughs) because it was printed a long time before it took over Legacy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of course playing the same decks, I think, but I'm doing a little bit of adjustments in them. So in Delver I'm going to try out a couple of things but what I'm most intrigued by is of course going more down to the ground with Delver. That's the kind of Delver that I like so I would cut the four iterations and one land. Uh, That's five slots open and probably try out the minor misstep because I think it can be really strong in both protecting your threats from removal and also being a nice way to fight combo decks and possibly slow down the fast starts of the unfair petal mox chrome mox diamond decks as well i will also of course try one tragic lesson which is an <laughs> old school favorite of mine it's the one three mana instant draw two and then you may discard a card or return a land to your hand and we all know which land you are returning to your hand of course
2: Man, that Ammon Cat card has gotten—it's y- you're lost in the sauce with <laughs> that card, and yeah. I love it. I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I think I'm I'm back on two borrowers to so 14 threats because Merit Lage will be uh, bettered again, and I will play fire removal and i think one of them needs to be a non instant so pro- probably chain lightning or possibly tarfire because the drc is is losing the four iteration as sorceries now so it's a little bit harder to flip and i think you have to be keep playing the baubles even though they get a little bit worse with not being able to be fine by the iteration but i think you need them to trigger and flip the Darcy, and of course, Winter Orb can come back to the sideboard now that you are Yay. more of a one drop deck. I <laughs> love Winter Orb, yeah, that's nice. And in Naya, I'm just swapping out the Mother of Runes again for Silver Libraries, and the three Hushbringers will be something like two chokes for the control decks and one ma- ma- what's called Mind Break Trap for the Storm decks that I <laughs> anticipate to, to make a comeback. In the other decks that I play 8 cast, I'll just swap some cards in the sideboard. I think Torpo Orbs is not necessary anymore. I can play more Counter Magic and possibly a Winter Orb even there. And then in Turbo Depths, I'll just swap out the 4th knot of this world for like the 7th discard to be a little bit better against com- combo decks and not having to fight as many plows. But, I mean, this is just guesses.
2: Those discard spells also fight plow. And that's, uh, right. you know, it's... Uh...
1: Yeah, they're a little bit broader.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that sounds uh, like some good, you know, stage one adaptations.
1: Exactly. And then, you know, you don't really know what's happened. So maybe you have to, like, <laughs> revamp this completely when the meta settles. But what's your guys' thoughts on the meta changes? From my side,
0: playing Reanimator and 12 post, for the Reanimator deck, I don't see any immediate changes, really. It's sort of one or two cards in and out of the sideboard but that's mainly sort of paper tournament meta dependent like if i'm going to Gothenburg people are gonna love playing storm perhaps so i might put some extra silences in there i don't know but i think the deck with the heavy discard main plan is sort of pretty much stays on being relevant and the 12 post deck has been i mean of course quite out of favor for quite some time with Initiative and Delver being in the iterations they have been, no pun intended. So that's going to be interesting to see see where that fits, if it fits better. Uh, and I honestly, I think it's it's difficult for me to predict that, no pun intended. I would just have to actually play the deck and see see where that lands. I mean, I, I do expect a lot of decks that sort of previously were in Tier 1.5, 1.8 that were pushed down to tier 2.5 2.8 simply by the dominance of these two archetypes will pop back up and become tier 1.5 again. Yeah. That increase in viable decks will I think perhaps open things up for top post perhaps not. Reanimator I think will sort of keep itself, keep it strong because the, the deck is just so strong at its core now with the grief giving you that heavy extra discard while also being a reanimated target. I mean, since, since since you established a heavy heavy discard version of the deck with the griefs and the full playset of, of Unmask and a number of thought ceases, I think that is going to be the best way to play this deck for quite some time.
1: Yeah, and it's also a real good deck against a combo meta, right? You are faster yeah. than most of the other decks.
0: Yeah, and you, you rely so much more into discard rather than what was sort of two years ago you would rely on on chancellor of the annex to sort of to fix that problem but since then we've had the introduction of Arcan of cruelty grief and sarah's emissary yeah. making it basically every creature needs to be top deckable in some way shape or form the chancellor of the annex does not cut that so I, i've cut it completely from the 75 for for quite some time now not missing it at all because again the discard route is just so much more versatile against not only decks with sort of fast counter-magic, but against decks that are really sort of offensive as well. Yeah. And I expect also, also with also the discard becoming more relevant, more people will keep on playing powerful creatures. And there is something to be said to discard your opponent's attracts and putting it on the board yourself.
2: Yeah, that is beautiful. And, you know, we have... Like these last months, we have seen a small uptick in Chancellor of the Annex, but not in the deck you would expect (laughs) in the initiative deck. First of all, I just want to say that these bans are not only my prediction, but the absolute best two cards to ban for me. A lot of people were talking about, uh, you know, banning Murktide or Dragon Raid Chandler. And the reason why I think iteration is a, a better step one. Oh, well, step two, Ragavan was step one. Why it's a really good step step two is the the main concern for a lot of people playing against Delver is suddenly it's this Delver deck with inevitability when it comes to iterations, days, and Mystic Sanctuary. So, like, me playing Aluren at Gathcon was in turn 15 at, like, I had the same card advantage as my Delver opponent, who had one DRC and started chaining iterations. And that's not the place where Delver should be able to be at. Especially not against a value deck. But also, if we look at White Plume Adventurer, the initiative mechanic is still going to be here. I think we will see two really big winners from this ban will probably be Moonstompy. And they have recently started playing that uh, Caves of uh, Chaos Adventure. Adventure. I also believe that this is some time for like you mentioned like combo decks to come back and with combo decks always comes dnt yep. so i believe that these bands are really on point of trying to create deck diversity again yep. there are so so much interesting brewing room that iteration or white plume adventure just took over. We've seen a lot of control decks just, yeah, I need to get red in so I can have Red Elemental Blast, Minsk and Boo, and Iteration. And now the incentive to play red is still there, but not as much. And I just believe that this is a very good step towards a more healthier meta, towards seeing, I don't know, like a more Esper decks, more just mid-range non-combo decks. So I I think this is a slam dunk. I'm going to have to change up some of my decks, of course. Like, my Aluren was super tuned to beat Initiative and Delver. But without Delver's card advantage and iteration, and without potential turn one Initiative creature, I don't have to be as tuned against that. But I'm really looking forward to playing Doomsday, because I believe Doomsday... Like, Delver is still going to be a very good deck, (laughs) And it's still going to be you know, beating up on Doomsday. But I'm really looking forward to playing some Doomsday, keep playing some Riddlesmith. And one of the decks that is totally unfaced by this banning is Painter, Mono Red. And I believe that's going to be a powerhouse in the new meta. Yeah. So yeah, those are my takes.
0: I also think that for better or for worse, I mean, in the last five years and increasingly so, Wizards of the Coast are releasing a lot of cards from The gathering that are legal in the legacy format. However, innovation from sort of the not-so-on-the-face obvious powerhouses that have been released... The brewing with those cards that are sort of the sleepers have been sort of put on hold for quite some time because you've had these two decks gaining in both popularity and in in, in oppression. (laughs) I think now is the time to sort of you know go back to Strixhaven, go back to that commander set of 2022, whichever one it was called, go back to Kamigawa and sort of say, Okay, which were the cards that we sort of in the preview phase we said, Wow, this could be a good in this deck, and then this deck, which is not playable for other reasons so i think we're also in a bit of a a brewer's paradise simply because there is so many cards to choose from that people haven't had the time to test because it hasn't been you know useful and there might be space for that and also i mean (laughs) as a testament to the power of Delver it's like now we're banning Ragavan we're banning Express Viteration it's not like anyone has said anything about sort of oh no you killed the deck it's like okay we're just gonna go for (laughs) these other cards that are also almost as powerful as these cards
2: that you have banned, no problem I think Robin touched upon one really good point with that it is the sorcery count for the Delver decks enabling Delirium is going to be harder. And the turn to attack you for free with Dragon Raid Chandler is gonna be, yeah, it's gonna require a lot of work. It's not gonna be impossible. Like, yeah, obviously you can do it. (laughs) Don't at me. I know you listeners are extreme pro gamers. So like, I I know you will get it there, but the uh, post endurance have Delirium up one turn after again. Those things are gonna be a lot harder. Like looking at the responses from this ban announcement on social media. So many people, even Delver players or initiative players, seemed so happy about this ban. Some shrugged it off off like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna have to play the second best two mana thing. And, you know, a lot of initiative players were like, yeah, the meta was getting stale. This is uh, these two decks... This year alone has been 34% of the meta. So I I believe that this is very healthy. And to all you Delver players out there looking at the second second best hotness, it's not an iteration. Get over it. Move on. But yeah, it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait to play some Legacy.
0: And that is all we have for this episode. What has happened to your deck with these latest bannings? Please let us know in the Discord. You can find a link in the episode description. In addition to Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Legacy. We are also present personally on social media. Robin, where can our listeners learn all about 4-O-ing? from you
1: you can uh, find me on twitter at jacka underscore
2: and if you want to reach out to me and get the detailed play-by-play 2am yorian you can reach me on twitter at monolithmtg
0: and if you want to find adult content about hardcasting Archons you can find me on Disco Drogo and that is the end of the 81st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report thank you Robinson C. and Ankers of I am Victor Bernhardt special thanks to you for listening the great Frönes has as always written our music if you like it you can find more of their work on Spotify until our next episode if you live in Sweden or would like to travel here check out the schedule for the coming months there are lots of nice legacy opportunities coming up.